Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. This is your life and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are breakfast. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Michelle McCune, welcome to the Biohacking Secrets Show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Let's start with your journey because I, I, I know that we have some similar um, chapters, but I'm I'm curious how yours how your story played out. <laughs> yeah, it's been a journey. Um I was bit when I was 18 years old. The tick that bit me um, infected me with Lyme disease, Bartonella, protozoa aromatica, Powassan virus, mycoplasma pneumonia. And right from the start, I went from being super healthy uh, to incredibly sick. I had full-blown Lyme encephalitis. So my which is which is like neuroinflammation, brain inflammation. Exactly. So I had a lot of brain fog, (laughs) vertigo. lots of head pressure, uh, anxiety, depression, which I had never had before, extreme fatigue. I felt like I was a zombie. I had issues with my neck. It first became really stiff and then it developed into cervical dystonia. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was pretty scary right from the start. That, so yours, yours kind of went pedal to the metal. And for some people, it's much more of a slow burn. Like it happens so gradually that they don't even, they're like, how the F did I get here? Um, I'm curious, like some people, when they're going through this, other people are like, what do you mean you're healthy? There's nothing wrong with you. Did you get any of that? Or were you getting hit so hard that everyone was like, oh, you're sick as hell? So most of my symptoms were neurological. And Mm -hmm. even though I was incredibly sick, no one was recognizing it and the tests were coming out normal. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I developed cervical dystonia. So it's a movement disorder where I didn't have control over my neck that people around me and and doctors were like, Oh, okay. I I think there is something really serious going on here. And Mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, like I, this is, I, every day I've been incredibly uncomfortable and this is incredibly scary. And now that there was a physical symptom showing itself, people were recognizing it, but it's still, I wasn't diagnosed with Lyme disease until about four and a half years into it. Uh, I was continually misdiagnosed with a bunch of different conditions, even when tested multiple times for, for Lyme disease. So it was a little bit tricky. I also was bit at Fire Island, which is, you know, Lyme epidemic central. Where is that? uh, it's it's in New York. Um, it's in like the Long Island area. But I, I worked there the summer after college. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be at the beach all summer. Worked at an ice cream store. And then I got bit. 
So it's, oh, it's it's like a horror movie. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but it was my life. She thought it was going to be another summer at the ice cream parlor. Little did she know there was a dirty, dirty tick waiting for her in the woods, yes. in the tall grass. Okay, so then then continue. Um, you started having all these symptoms. They they'd done multiple tests. You got the the false negative, which can which misleads a lot of people. Exactly, and can waste. Oh my God, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars looking, looking in other areas. Um, there does seem to be some cognitive dissonance around Lyme along with some other things where mo- I don't, I don't know if a lot of people even want to know if they have it, you know, if they're not feeling well, it's sort of like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. We ruled out Lyme. We got that Western blot test and we ruled out Lyme. We're good. We're going to focus on other stuff. You know, it's, yep, it's not, exactly. it's not cancer. But they're similar, like in terms of like the headspace that they occupy. 100%. Um, it takes a while for people to really recognize what's going on in their system and then other people around them to recognize as well. Yeah, for sure. And then um, you also now specialize in mold and environmental toxins, um, cell danger response. Where did that kind of fit into your story? Yeah. So after I, I realized that I had Lyme disease, um, I went over and I received hyperthermia treatment. Hyperthermia, as you know, does a great job of killing pathogens. Yeah. When I came back, I did a lot with detoxing, cell membrane repair. What, what were um, you feeling though? Like when you're doing the hyperthermia, because one of my friends that, that I mentioned to you when we were offline, that the one that kind of turned me on to St. George, mm-hmm. he said his thinking got clear immediately. Like one treatment, he was like, whatever that fixed, that was what was wrong with my brain. And, um, and, 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 you know, I was kind of curious, like what changes did you experience? Were you knocked out? Like after the first one, I thought, I felt like I got hit by a bus. Um, but then I was also like, it's actually not as bad as I thought. I was, I was prepared for like bed. What did you experience? Yeah. So it was, it was a, it's not as scary as I thought. It sounds a lot scarier than it is. Um, I People actually, don't realize that you get knocked out, that you're you're not conscious. It's not like you're just sitting yes, there toughing exactly. it out, you know, the whole time. Um, but honestly, I didn't see a significant results until about three months out. So mm. I was completely debilitated before I went. I couldn't recognize my friends or family. I couldn't process information. Oh shit. How how young are you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so I went when I was around 23 years old. I'm 34 now, so it was a little okay. over 10 years ago. But I was, it was, it was almost to the point where it was fatal. They didn't even know if I was going to be able to fly over there. Um, Holy cow. How many, how many people die of Lyme disease and and don't even know it's Lyme, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, And are diagnosed with other conditions like Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. That shit's Lyme. That shit is Lyme for sure Um, in the brain. Guys, any medical researchers or physicians, uh, Alzheimer's is Lyme disease in the brain. So let's get some research going so that we could, I mean, I don't want Alzheimer's rates to go where I think they're going to go because people don't know what causes it. (laughs) So before I even went for hyperthermia treatment, I was on Nemenda, which is a medication for Alzheimer's because my processing and my memory was so bad. Um, But yeah, luckily hyperthermia does a great job of lowering the pathogenic load. And they also do detoxification over these hospitals. And I did a lot of detox when I came back. So that you know, gets these toxins out, lowers inflammation. And I started to be able to think again and process information. Um, but I, 
I came back and I think I cried the first two weeks that I was back because I, you know, I, I was in my young twenties and I was like, how am I going to function like this for the rest of my life? Um, did it even work? And I was noticing little changes every day. And over time, those little changes became so much more significant. And for the first time, I was actually responding to treatment where I never responded to treatment before. But it was a process for me. It was not a silver bullet treatment for me. The people that I had spoken with prior to going, they came came back feeling great. And and I did not. Um, You had to be so bummed. Like (laughs) I I was very scared. I was like, is is this gonna be my life forever? Um, and that's when I really did a thorough job in looking into detoxification. I did something called the Patricia Kane protocol, IVs of glutathione, phosphatidylcholine, phenylbutyrate, and lupivorin. And not only does it get Lyme and co-infection toxins out, it also gets heavy metals and mold mycotoxins out. And so that was so crucial in my repair. Uh, The Patricia Kane protocol, and this is specific vitamin IVs. You mentioned glutathione. Did you say phosphatidylcholine or phosphatidylcholine? And I love phosphatidylcholine because not only does it work with cell membrane repair, but it also gets at mold mycotoxins. Mold mycotoxins uh-huh. love fats. And so it's bringing it in, attaching to it and getting it out. Uh, so, so I did that for months when I was back and that really brought back my brain. Uh, and, and I was responsive to these ideas because my pathogenic load was so much lower. So prior to going for hyperthermia treatment, I would get glutathione ideas and I was kind of like, uh, I don't really notice anything. Is yeah. this doing anything? And I'm spending a lot of money on treatment. And then once I came back from treatment, my pathogenic load was so much lower. My body was a lot more receptive to all these other treatments. So for me, I feel like I don't think hyperthermia treatment's a cure. I think it does a great job of lowering a lot of your pathogens and moving you forward. And, and so I was actually able to make plans and then do my plans instead of like one step forward, three steps backwards. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. This, this is actually working. And three months out after hyperthermia treatment, it was substantial. And then six months out, I was retested. Um, prior to hyperthermia treatment, I was tested at Fry Labs for Lyme and co-infections. And I yeah. like Fry Labs because you can actually look at a blood smear and see how substantial the infection is. Yeah. So six months out, I retested. Every is that day. what is that dark? Is that dark field microscopy? It is. Yeah. 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 So like live blood analysis type stuff. Exactly. And prior to going, my doctors were like, "All right, we're not getting it. Um, you have so many biofilms. We're recommending hyperthermia treatment for you because hyperthermia breaks down biofilms. It heats high enough to actually get to a lot of these infections. It boosts your immune system, and when used in conjunction with antibiotics, it's a lot more beneficial." Um, yeah. But yeah, so I tested again. Everything was negative. Um, I, I also did antimicrobial herbals from Stephen Buner's protocol when I came back to try to kill whatever is left. Yeah. But but yeah, and then I moved apartments. What is what does he have in there? It's like Ar- Artemisia, Resveratrol, um, Red Root, which is great for uh, helping out and detoxing the lymphatic system. When yeah. my clients come back from hyperthermia treatment, they have a sore throat, oftentimes from Bartonella residing in the lymphatic system. Uh, so yeah, Japanese knotweed, cat's claw, cryptolepsis, neem. You yeah, ever you ever do that. use the nebulizers for like nebulizing uh, hydrogen peroxide? I haven't nebulized hydrogen peroxide, but I've done it with glutathione. Yeah. 
That's cool. There, yeah, there's some exciting research about nebulizing hydrogen peroxide and like my brain can't help but think about some of these pathogens that reside in the lungs and are particularly difficult to get lungs, throat, et cetera. Like that nebulizing hydrogen peroxide has has so many applications and it like it, it seems to help um, with pathogens and kind of regulating the, the immune system as well. All right. So that's cool. Sorry for the tangent. Um yeah. So to answer your question, I got into like the mold field, um, because I had my own, own journey with mold and, yeah. and I ended up deciding to go back to school for human nutrition. I got my master's in nutrition. I opened up a nutrition practice, specializing yeah. in tick-borne infections, and environmental toxins. But this past year, I noticed so many of my clients relapsing from tick-borne infections because they were staying at home. Indoor air quality is terrible. Yeah. Um, and they were exposed to mold mycotoxins. These, so these houses are like made of straight chemicals, most of them. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Um, and so we're building, we're building like an earthen home, like a rammed house, rammed, you know rammed what, earth in North Carolina. <laughs> you know what it is? Yeah. I mean, a lot of new homes are made to be energy efficient. So they're tighter, creating more condensation. And then the other issue is, um, especially in like the city, I have a lot of clientele in New York City and LA. And so they have these PTAC units or mini splits. They're small little units that are energy efficient and more cost effective, but uh, they're heating and cooling systems and they're riddled with black mold. Uh, so you're-, you're yeah, I started you're, writing it down and just scratched it out. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're going into these luxury buildings that are super clean and structurally don't really have an issue, but they have these heating and cooling systems that are terrible and that's what you're breathing in. So, so many people are getting sick. And then even like, you know, HVAC systems, you have to be smart about cleaning your ducts and making sure that where your HVAC system is, isn't contaminated because that's the lungs of your home. Um, Got a little bit of guilt saying this, but I can't help but feel like a lot of people are going to get sick and probably die in cities in the next decade. Yeah, I I think you're right. Um, For sure. I've been looking for an apartment and I tried looking in like Brooklyn and Manhattan where I've lived the past eight years, but it's been impossible because every time I test a place before I sign a lease, it's really high because, sure. uh, yeah, because of these, these, uh, little systems that are Chicago, seen. Chicago, New York, LA. I'm not trying to not trying to be a downer here, but they're like kill zones. It's like, if you're, if you're living in an apartment building in one of those cities and listening to this, please like consider moving, <laughs> get yourself out of there for, for so many reasons, for so many reasons, get the F out of cities. It's not healthy. It's they're, they're going to be like kill zones in the next few years. All right. So I want to, <laughs> I want to pick it back up though. That's, that's huge. Yeah. And then there's also the work of, uh, Diedrich Klinger that I'm sure you've seen where mold produces about 600 times more biotoxin in the presence of non-native EMF, like all this electricity we're pumping into our atmosphere. So now you've got that too. And that's what our bodies have to deal with. You know, it's like this, this perfect storm of like pathogens and and radioactivity and biotoxins and metals. It's, it's (laughs) funny you bring that up. I was on the phone with a building biologist the other day. Um, I'm trying to understand how to treat my clients that are dealing with EMF sensitivities and mold mycotoxins and tick-borne infections. But I want to make sure I have an understanding on how to navigate them and finding a healthy home. Mm -hmm. So I was in in an apartment yesterday with a client and mold wise, it was great. And then I brought my 
EMF reader, and it was off the charts. Uh, it was the highest numbers that I've seen. And I was like, this just isn't going to work. Like it's just light up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. Beeping yeah. and scratching. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, what do you use to test the mold? Cause like I had a test done and it took a while. How are you walking into places and testing them? <laughs> so there's, there's a bunch of different things. Um, there's different inspectors that I, that I really like Corey Levy, Brian Carr. Um, we, in, yes, we inspect, are, are amazing. I love those guys. Um, I really, I feel like they understand the Lyme community and how sensitive my clients are. Uh, Brian Carr also has like, a podcast. I'd like a new word for sensitive too. I feel like it comes across weak. True. Okay. We can, we can think of a new word. I like we'll, that. We'll, we'll come up with it together. Cause I don't okay. like using it. It's, it makes, it makes people feel, I feel weak when I say it. I'm, I'm like, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very sensitive to these things. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Okay. So Corey and Brian, yes, we inspect. Um, Meg Dooley is like the OG of, of the mold world. She's been doing this for so many years. Um, she is amazing at coming in and inspecting. And then Jeffrey May, he wrote the book, uh, My House is Killing Me. He's the other guy that I use to help with my clients. But for, for other ways to test, I like the ERMI test from uh, yeah. and Biobiomics. That's and I do the Swiffer because I don't feel like the vacuum is sensitive enough. Sensitive enough. Uh -huh. I also like Assured Bio Labs, and I use their swab, and I use this specific for HVAC systems. So I have my clients go into to the home. I'm sure these brokers think that we're crazy but I have them go over to the supply vent and go back and forth, back and forth with the swab and then send it in, test it. And like everything in New York, you have to like test it immediately because then it's off the market the next day. Yeah. So, um, but they, then, you, then you pull out your ghost detecting device and start oh, yeah. walking around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're you one, of the ghosts, one of the ghostbusters. Yeah, <laughs> Where's Bill Murray? <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, so you're, you're getting like the envirobiomics test, uh, the hurts me too. Or the mm -hmm. hurts me. I don't remember which one you said. I've used the hurts me, hurts me too, hurts me too. Yeah, yeah I do. Ermi and hurts me too, and, yeah. uh, and that can be really helpful. And you said Assured Biolabs. You do that with the HVAC. Yeah, they have something called Cap Fifteen. So they're testing fifteen of the most toxic mold spores in uh, in an Ermi test. They oh, also have Ermi tests over there, and then they also have Big Chew, which is um, penicillium and aspergillus. I think it's 500 of, of those uh, spores. Oh, wow. And what, so we had, um, we did we did a Hurts Me Too test down here where I am right now. And, okay. um, I, you know, my dad has Parkinson's and we all kind of came back to help out with that. And um, it, was, it was way too much for one person, my mom to handle. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but coming back, you know, the basement is a little, it's, it's been damp down here. So we did this test and I think the hurts me came back in the basement was like a 15, a 14 or a 15, yeah, something like good. that. Not good. And, um, <laughs> not good. <laughs> and, but we just sold the house today. They're going to tear it down. We're, oh, we're, gonna, wow. we're, we're building a few houses in North Carolina, but I digress, but I'm asking because I'm curious, what is your cutoff? You know, like what, what's the number where you're with a client you're like, can't do it. It's no, it's a no deal breaker. Yeah. So it's not really about the number for me. It's about the, uh, the mold spores in it. So that's why I like to do the entire ERMI test so I can see what spores we're specifically dealing with. 
And and the, the tricky thing is, so like an army, they take one column and they subtract it from the other column. So say both columns are high numbers, like one column is 30 uh, and the other column is 28. You're subtracting it, so your number is two. Two is a low number. That's not bad for an army test. But if you don't know how to read an army test, then you're going to think you're okay and you're not okay. Uh, so it's really important that you understand the mold spores that you're dealing with. And then the hurts me too goes into the five most toxic ones. So you're really not st- supposed to be a 10 or above for the hurts me too. No. But if I see like uh, tetonium or stacky at like even, even like, I don't know, still lower numbers, it makes me nervous. And then if they're so, so sensitive, then I like to have an inspector come in and really be a bit more thorough about the process. Did, did you say tutonium? Tutonium. Tetonium. Great. Yeah, that, that's a that's not a good one. Yeah. Don't like that mold. <laughs> no. Right. Okay. So that's that's fascinating. And did you figure out that mold was an issue for you before or after Lyme? After Lyme, I had an apartment. It was clean and it smelled good, uh, but it was not good. And I tested my apartment, decided to move out. My progress was so much faster after I moved out. Then about a year ago, I had a terrible exposure. And I, I mean, I've never been hit this hard. Usually I'm exposed by mold and I bounce back super fast or different things have happened in my life, car accidents, different stuff like that. I always bounce back. This was brutal. This exposure really hit me. And so that plus my clients getting really affected by the indoor air quality, by staying home with COVID, that's when I did a really big deep dive. I did certifications, two types of certifications, mold and then a certification for inspecting as well. And uh, yeah, I realized what a massive issue it is, not yes. only for the Lyme community, but just for people in general. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, and it's one of those things where I've, I mean, I've, I've felt huge improvements just uh, after, you know, after the, the whole body hyperthermia, but I can tell a lot of things are continuing to improve. It's almost like this, this thorn that was in my nervous system for like probably over a decade, it's been removed and like wound, the wound is healing, but that's, that process is still, is still taking place for sure. Um, I got a message today that I wanted to, to share with you because I thought it was kind of cool. And um, like Hippocrates, the, the, the father of modern medicine, uh, was famous for saying, give me the ability to create a fever and I can cure any man. Mm-hmm. And um, a buddy that was at uh, our, our, our men's event, and he's talking about maybe moving down to North Carolina too. He sent me this today and he goes, as a text message, he goes, I have a miraculous story to share. I was telling a client about your St. George experience, which then resulted in her telling me about her best friend that was diagnosed with stage four cancer and only given a few months to live. Her friend spiked a fever to 108 degrees, which he survived. Post fever, all of his tumors were gone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's crazy how our body has the innate ability to heal itself. And uh, yeah, and, and the great thing about these hospitals is they're using different therapies with it so that it's even more beneficial. Um, yeah. And then they're also detoxing with it so that your body can handle the process and continue to move forward. Totally. How about that colonic? Huh? (laughs) 
there's like this stout German man that needs to administer. I'm like, I've been doing these where you do it yourself for a while, much more comfortable. I'm like, Mm -hmm. we do not need this dude there the whole time. And, uh, you know, so I'm kind of like having a a laugh as I go in for my first one and the, and he's got the radio playing and stuff. And it's like, uh, I can't tell if it's talk radio or just like a commercial, but they're speaking German. And I lay down and I'm kind of laughing at the scenario and he's getting ready to put the thing in. And I, I kid you not, uh, killing me softly comes on <laughs> the radio. <laughs> and I'm, Love like, it. I'm like sucking my thumb and crying. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was like, so it's so funny. And there's no one I could talk about it with. You know what I mean? Cause everyone that's yeah. uh, anyhow. Um, yeah, no, it definitely took me a little while to wrap my head around colonics. That was the first time I had a colonic. Uh, oh, when I went yeah. over for hyperthermia treatment. Now yeah. I think they're great. I, I love, I rec, I always recommend colonics and enemas. Great way to detox the liver and the colon and yeah. get these toxins out of your system. Did you ever get down with coffee enemas? I do. I call it oh, do, yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I take my binders before coffee before, enemas. Before or after Taco Tuesday. Yeah, a little coffee enema Tuesday, a little Taco Tuesday. Yeah, there's no good answer, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a great way to get toxins out. It also stimulates glutathione. So it's a win-win. Um, I don't drink coffee, but I do like coffee enemas. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were life-changing when I first started doing them. I was, I was like super weighed down in probably 2013 and, uh, a buddy whose friend had like cured herself of, of stage four cancer doing them and the Gershon protocol told me, but he's like, you got to talk to her. And she told me about him and I tried it and I was like, Oh my God, I feel amazing. I was like, some of them, I would get euphoric and like super happy, like in a great yeah. mood. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm like unpoisoning myself. That's great. <laughs> um, okay. So kind of back to you and your story, you, you start, you realize how big of an issue mold is and you mm-hmm. deep dive on that and kind of work it into your process with clients where you're vetting, where they're going to be uh, living, working, et cetera. And, and making sure that it's within some ranges that you've seen to, to be significant or matter, um, yeah, exactly. substantial enough to pay, to pay attention to. It's, um, yeah. it's tricky because when you're dealing with tick-borne infections and mold mycotoxins, all of it is so expensive. So when, when we're making these choices, these decisions are big and we want to have enough information with it. So I do a lot of environmental testing, but then I also test their bodies. And there's a lot of great ways to test your bodies. You can do urine mold mycotoxin testing. I like real-time labs, great plans. Uh, And I have clients do it provoked. So like a glutathione IV or a sauna beforehand. And then you can also do a BCS test. So that's through Dr. Shoemaker's website. Visual visual contrast. Exactly. That helps. I will test their SIRS biomarkers. So chronic inflammatory response syndrome biomarkers to see how this has affected their hormones and other um, cytokines and inflammatory responses. Uh, but, But yeah, I like to try to get as much information as possible so that if they are doing remediation on their home, or moving, you know, it's, it makes sense and they feel comfortable about it moving forward. Now, more than 2000 years ago, Hippocrates, who many consider to be the father of Western medicine said, quote, give me the power to create a fever and I shall cure any disease, end quote. 
Now, the reason Hippocrates said this is because when we induce uh, or have a naturally occurring fever, there's a number of things that happen. The immune system gets stimulated. We see the growth of bacteria and viruses slow down, in some cases come to a complete halt. The production of white blood cells, the primary agents of our immune system, is stimulated and the rate of their release into the bloodstream is increased. And the generation of antibodies speeds up, as does the production of interferon, which is an antiviral protein that also has powerful cancer-fighting properties. Now, many of you know that I had overcome Lyme disease as part of my journey, but uh, what you may not know is that this past October, I was up at our lake house and I got bit two more times and I was knocked out. I slept for almost 24 hours. And even though I tried to be proactive by taking uh, a month's worth of the antibiotic doxycycline, I'd felt off after that. And what I found over the years, and the more I kind of dug into some of the pioneering research on Lyme disease and this condition caused by the, the sp spirochete Borrelia burgdorferi, is that many times when we do ozone or ultraviolet blood radiation, or we use IV light therapy, it's able to clear out the bacteria that's in our blood, but it's not so effective at getting into the brain, the central nervous system, and the connective tissue where these uh, spirochete bacteria can almost hibernate and then start to multiply and come back out when the coast is clear. And this is one of the reasons that many people do courses and courses of IV antibiotics, oral antibiotics. They do herbal protocols like the Cowden protocol or the, the, the Bunner protocol, all of which I've done and uh, to the nth degree. And a lot of times you end up in this loop where you feel good for a few months or half a year or a year, and then uh, you kind of find yourself not feeling so good again. And um, I can certainly relate to that in some ways. And I know a lot of people that have dealt with Lyme or have had loved ones deal with chronic Lyme um, can relate. Well, there is a clinic in Bad Eibling, uh, Germany called St. George. And they have pioneered a process called extreme whole body hyperthermia. Based on some of the research from the 1927 Nobel Prize, they found that the Borrelia bacteria is very similar to the bacteria that causes syphilis. And its Achilles heel is heat. Specifically, when you heat the body up to around 107 degrees in a safe, controlled, medically supervised uh, scenario, and you keep it there for two hours, the bacteria can't survive. And they've developed a protocol that combines this extreme whole body hyperthermia, two sessions, one week apart over a period of two weeks, and then 10 days of intravenous um, hyperthermia augmented antibiotic therapy, a whole host of IV vitamins and cocktails, along with some cutting edge biohacks and their efficacy in curing Lyme disease is second to none. The medical director who I just had on the Biohacking Secrets show, Dr. Uh, Frederick Dows, he's helped over 25,000 people uh, with this treatment and combining it with low levels of chemotherapy for cancer. And uh, he discovered almost on accident that it was 
just as effective for people dealing with chronic Lyme. And he's now helped uh, 2,500 people from all over the world overcome Lyme disease. And these are people that in many cases had seen five, 10, 15 plus doctors and been told there's essentially nothing we can do for you. And they've come here and had a tremendous amount of success. And I can tell you that in just two treatments, I'm already feeling better than I've felt in a really long time. And uh, this upcoming week, we're doing some intravenous uh, laser therapy combined with IV riboflavin to knock out Bartonella, Babesia, and some of the co-infections that can accompany Lyme, but are much harder to treat if you haven't first addressed the Lyme Borrelia bacteria that uh, has a very potent immune suppressing effect. So if you or someone you know uh, have been dealing with chronic Lyme, either you had it and you're in a good place right now, but you're concerned it may come back, or you're experiencing some of these cyclical fluctuations with brain fog, uh, bad moods, low energy, etc. I encourage you to go to uh, clinic-st-george.de slash en. I know that's a little bit uh, hard to interpret, so I'll, I'll spell it out for you. But if you just Google search Clinic St. George, K-L-I-N-I-K-S-T-G-E-O-R-G in bad eibling, B-A-D space A-I-B-L-I-N-G, Germany, you'll see uh, all of the information that I'm talking about and some of these different therapies that they have developed um, and that work exceedingly well with this extreme whole body hyperthermia. That website, one more time, is klinik-st-georg.de slash en, and that'll give it to you in English. So I encourage you, if you know someone that's got cancer, Lyme disease, anything chronic, including Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, dementia, uh, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, get on a call with the medical staff at Clinic St. George and see if it might be a fit for you to come out here, get yourself sorted. Um, I'm already feeling a world of difference and I'm really excited for the weeks to come because those little ticks, uh, they can get you. <laughs> All right, now back to the episode. How do you navigate the fact that so many people dealing with mold and Lyme have like usually spent all their money trying to figure out what the heck is going on? And, you know, it, it, it seems like a lot of people, when they finally recognize something that could actually help them, they're like, but I can no longer afford it, you know? And I think about the testing Mm -hmm. and, and finding like, what is, what are like the minimum critical tests when someone's in that position where you're like, we need this, you know what I mean? We don't need to test mold in the house and your pee. And maybe you do. I'm just giving an example, you know, like when you're, what, let's, let's get down to brass tacks. Where, what are your non-negotiables? Okay. So, um, yeah, everything is expensive. A lot of stuff isn't covered by insurance. So it gets really tricky, but I have like different columns and different programs, depending on people's resources. So, you know, not everyone can afford IVs. So we do different, uh, 
different infusion or different therapies like coffee enemas that are a lot more affordable and yeah, or like products. a supplement. Exactly. A lot. Of, I work with an herbalist. She makes a lot of great detox tinctures. Mm-hmm. So there are so many things we can do within people's budget in regard to testing. Sometimes if I really feel like they're, they're dealing with mold, then I'll put them on binders, see how they react. I go very, very slow, but, but yeah, I don't need testing for, for everything. Uh, I like it. I like to use it to help me navigate this process. Um, but there are definitely things we can do to move people forward within their budget so that it's, it's not overwhelming and they don't feel like they're stuck. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in regard to even just testing homes, instead of having an inspector come, I would do an army test themselves. I would show them how to do it or go through assured bio labs because their tests are a little bit more reasonable. So mm-hmm. first go through that. Then, then, uh, with, um, with testing their body, I would either do Great Plains is a little bit more reliable than real-time labs. I like real-time labs a little bit better, but um, but I would do that. BCS test is like $10, so that's, that's easy. Yeah, it's and quick then, too. Yeah, and then some of the uh, SIRS tests are covered by insurance. I have a code that also covers some of the other ones that aren't. And then I like using uh, Great Plains organic acid test. You see their oxalate levels because usually people with mold have high oxalate levels and their candida levels. So it's, yeah, I definitely take budget into, into the whole process and there are things that we can do to keep that in mind and still people move people forward. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And and there's also, I mean, I think there's more and more healers that are coming into this space now, especially with everything that's happened since 2020. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I think even some people who maybe don't currently consider themselves to be a healer are going to get pushed there, whether they like it or not, you know, maybe their job won't let them work if they don't want to get the jab or something like that. And they're like, okay, I guess now's the time to go for it. I've always really liked, you know, natural health and wellness or neuroscience or whatever. Let's go for it. You know, um, where was I going with that? I lost my train of thought. Dogs okay. on it. <laughs> oh, no, no. So when, where, what are your thoughts like as it stands right now for um, the importance of hyperthermia with bo- which both you and I got extreme whole hyperthermia heated up to like 107 degrees for about two hours, twice, roughly one week apart, tons of IV antibiotics, IV vitamins, glutathione, heavy metal chelation, all that fun stuff. Um, I'm sort of, of, I'm starting to think like I've done everything at St. George and then some, the only thing I hadn't done was extreme whole body hyperthermia, mm-hmm. hundred ozone. I had an ozone generator. I did rectal insufflation, whatever. Mm-hmm. It felt like those things helped a lot, get the Lyme down, but it kept coming back. And that, that's why I was like, I need to go for it once and for all because ozone hasn't done it. IVs haven't done it. You know what I mean? I was even injecting myself with, with, uh, uh taking all the antibiotics. You yeah, know what I mean? I've done that too. All that stuff. And, yeah. and I know that Dr. Dow is who I interviewed in episode 215 from St. George. He said he, he believes that what happens in those situations is the, the Lyme, the spirochetes like bury in the connective tissues and then the central nervous system, like maybe even in the cerebral spinal fluid. And, uh, they just replicate like the blood gets cleared out and some of these more easily accessible places get cleared out, but then the, the Lyme comes back. And I was like, yeah, I think that's kind of what's been happening to me. 
like, I'll be like, I'm better. And like, you'll go drink ayahuasca in Costa Rica. I'm like, I'm fucking better. And then I'm like yeah. three months later and I'm like, no, no, I'm still dealing with it. <laughs> I think they're really, I think ozone, um, and, and so many different treatments that we have in the U S they're really good maintenance treatments. Yeah. But that's a good way of putting it. What I loved about hyperthermia treatment and what I see time and time again with my clients is that, you know, you, you go through different treatments and, and you move forward, but then something stressful happens and then you, you go backwards a few steps and, oh. and it's just really tricky because you're trying to plan your life and the back and forth is really frustrating and exhausting. Uh, but hyperthermia, yeah. you, had a great, you had a great way of saying that earlier. You're like, I make plans and what is it and actually do them? Yeah. I remember actually being like, I plan to go on vacation with my friends and normally I have to like back out at the last minute and I was actually able to go on vacation and enjoy the vacation. I was like, Oh, this is cool. This is haven't done this in a while. Yeah. It's hilarious. I wrote down the other, I was working on like a, a, a video that we're making for this supplement that we'll be launching. And, uh, I, it was in the copy, but I was thinking about myself to some degree. And I was like, I was like, I used to be the life of the party and now I don't even make it to the party. <laughs> like there's been, there haven't been a lot of yeah. as many parties this past. And I was thinking about my friend's bachelor party in Mykonos that I'm, I'm, I'm unable to make it to. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was just when you said that line, like I'll make, I make plans now and I actually do them. I was like, I relate to that you know, like those, it's a, it's a nice change. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice change. Um, so I mean, and would you say, yeah, keep going. So, so yeah, I think hyperthermia is one of the best treatments, if not the best treatment for just killing so many pathogens, there's 300 strains of Borrelia, most likely more. We're seeing it to be super effective with Borrelia. I'm also seeing it to be very effective with Bartonella, some strains of Babesia, not all strains, but it's killing so many that when you come back, if you focus a lot on detoxing, getting your body strong, and then killing the rest with herbals, people are having sustainable results. What I'm seeing where people go wrong is when they come back and they go back on antibiotic treatment. Their doctors will think, okay, you still have some symptoms. Let's put you back on antibiotics to try to kill what's ever left. But their body is just, it's, they're on overload from, from this die-off reaction, yeah. killing these pathogens, and it's just too much for their system. And then it's hard to get off of the antibiotic train. I'm not against antibiotics. I think that they have a really good... Um, there's a purpose for them, especially if you get bit and immediately treat it with antibiotics. Or, for, or augment them with exactly the so that exactly. you don't have to use as much. But after thermia treatment, I would really try to get off antibiotics for treating yeah. tick-borne infections. And that's where I see people have the best results. Treat it with antimicrobial herbs because they're still potent. It gets through biofilms and your body is strong enough to be receptive to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then do enough to get your body strong because and repopulate your gut. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, most yeah. of my clients have like SIBO and leaky gut. So, so we yeah. treat them when they come back from, from treatment and yeah, it's all about just getting your body strong and hyperthermia doesn't kill viruses. And I had Powassan virus. So I was really nervous about like, Hey, am I still going to be really sick with Powassan virus? That's a really serious one, but it's been able to go in remission from getting my body strong and also hyperthermia, just killing so many of the other stuff so that I was able to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's like your body can start doing its job again. And there's, 
there's not like this, um, this drain, I guess, running in the background. That's like increasing your toxic load and taking Mm -hmm. away energy from, uh, from other, other faculties. And like, I mean, I used to feel almost as if I would get like 70%, I'd wake up with like 70% of the energy I needed for the day, (laughs) you know, but it was like, it just kept happening. It was like, and, and you know, that script is able to kind of reset and your, your body's start, it starts to repair itself again and, and rest. I feel like I'm sleeping better. Um, 100%. I could not sleep at all before hyperthermia treatment. It was, it was really bad. I actually, um, I did Reiki at St. George and that was the first time that I slept in a while. After Reiki? Yeah. Yeah. Hands of light. Yeah. She she was (laughs) awesome. So I came back and I started doing it once a week. But sleep is so important for recovery and especially for tick-borne infections. It really flares up your symptoms if you can't get enough sleep. And mm-hmm. yeah, that, that definitely started to heal once, once I came back from hyperthermia treatment. Yeah. You've mentioned along your journey <laughs> detox multiple times. Mm-hmm. Was, that, was that the IV glutathione and the coffee enemas or was there something else where you were like, oh, that's getting it out of me? You know, like I, I did the, um, the ETDA suppositories with glutathione. Yeah. Like those were kind of moving something as part of the, the chelation detox process. I'm curious, what was it for some big ones for you? <laughs> so I, I kind of tried it all. Um, I, I came back from hyperthermia treatment. The physicians that I was working with were kind of just like, we don't know what else to do with you. And so I just did a lot of research and I, I heard about Patricia Kane protocol. So I went to, I contacted the Schachter Center, which is in New Jersey. And I was like, hey, you guys are the only centers in the US that are doing this. And I want to try it. So I was basically a guinea pig for this Patricia Kane protocol. The, the phenylbutyrate, it gets everything into the cells a lot more efficiently. That's what gave me the turnaround. And I see this consistently with clients that uh, it I, I would leave the infusion center each time feeling a little bit more like myself. And that was such a good feeling that that was huge for me. And then just detoxing every part. So I did open system colonics, which I find to be a bit more um, helpful than closed systems. Both are great. For did, sure. Yeah, yeah. I did coffee enemas. I did saunas. I looked into specific type of mold mycotoxins I had, and then did specific binders for those mycotoxins. Yeah. I had my amalgams removed and then I did oh. chelation therapy after it. I usually wait to do chelation therapy for my clients until their body's a lot stronger because it can be yeah. pretty aggressive. Yeah. And, and then I'll do different types of chelation therapy. But yeah, it's really important to look into all these different modalities at the right time so that your body's receptive to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So if one of your clients asks you, I mean, this is one of the things that I've wrestled with is... I don't like having regrets, but mm-hmm. if if I could still have all the, the knowledge that I have today, but go back to like 2011 and just zip over to St. George, I probably would have, you know, because there's been a lot of those moments since mm-hmm. 2011 where I wasn't showing up, you know, or it was just like, I was just like, I don't even want people to see me right now. Shit. Um if, if your client comes to you, a client has, and, and has Bartonella or, um, you know, not, not necessarily Babesia, but, uh, Lyme, mm-hmm. right. Lyme or Bartonella. Um, do you tell them just, just get hyperthermia? 
Yeah. So I see people of all realms. I see some of the sickest of the sickest that are completely debilitated and then people that are very, um, functioning very well working and, and are doing treatment, responding to it, but are just not completely able to kick it. And I wish I was, I wish I had known about hyperthermia treatment when I was at that point, because it would have been so much easier to move forward and get my health back. And instead, a lot of people are not finding about finding out about hyperthermia treatment until they're so much sicker or they're waiting until they they feel like they're sick enough to get hyperthermia treatment. But I think you should look at Lyme disease and tick-borne infections like cancer. This is super serious. It's really aggressive and it can wreak havoc on your system. So if you have- it can kill you. Yeah, if you have this infection in your system, treat it aggressively. And while hyperthermia sounds scary, it's actually a very safe procedure. It has a lot less side effects than so many other treatments. And yeah, I, I, if I could do it everything over again, I would have gone to hyperthermia right from the get-go, um, detoxed when I came back and I would have been able to move forward with my life a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would honestly have not known and, and, and dug as much as I have. Oh yeah. If I, if I went to St. George in 2011. So I see the benefit, but if I could just still keep all the knowledge and wisdom and just go back and knock it out, I for sure take would. the suffering out, keep the wisdom. I like yeah. that. Yeah, part. yeah, yeah. I like I, I like that too. It sounds like a, a Faustian deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Uh, tell us a, a, about where clients. Uh, we're, I got more questions for you, but I want you to be able to mention um, your company and what you do. And we're going to talk about like the top three uh, hyperthermia places. You know, sure. and you're gonna you're gonna rank them and why? All right. Um, but talk about Lyme and Cancer Services. Is is that dot com? Is that where uh, yeah people could go if they want to learn more about what you do and talk with so, you? Lyme and Cancer Services. I I started it after I received hyperthermia treatment. I started writing a lot of blogs, and then people started connecting and saying, "Hey, I'm thinking about hyperthermia treatment. Do you recommend it? What did you do before you went? What did you do when you came back?" And so then it's basically. Lyme and Cancer Services is a scheduling service. We work as a liaison between the doctors at these hospitals that offer hyperthermia treatment and then people who are interested in being patients at these hospitals. We hold your hand, walk you through the entire process. We have an ebook that goes over really any question we've been asked about this entire process. Um, and, and so it's, yeah, it's really more of a scheduling service. We work with four different hospitals outside the U.S. and then one in the U.S., um, and you're like, you're like the, the world, the world's premier Lyme and cancer concierge. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's call it that. It's, it's not a branding day. It's Friday. It's Friday afternoon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don Draper would be appalled. Please, please, please continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, so then, so that's Lyme and cancer services. Our services are completely free. Um, and we just want to make sure that you understand the process and that if you do this process, you do it right. Uh, so if people need additional support before they go and, and after they come back, that's where my nutrition practice comes in and balancing pathways. And we have a three-month program and a six-month program. It's for people looking into hyperthermia treatment or if they're not interested in hyperthermia treatment but have tick-borne infections, chronic illnesses, gut issues, mold mycotoxins, stuff like that. We, we focus on that. And uh, yeah, we help through the entire treatment process. My practice actually just partnered up with Lifespan Medicine, 
which is in LA. And I did this because it is kind of seamless for my clients to go through this entire process. Uh, Lifespan Medicine, we built this program, the Lyme Nutrition Program, and we can do testing for all of our clients. We can do treatment for our clients as a concierge service. So Lyme is like a full-time job and we basically try to take it off your hands and help you navigate the entire process. Uh, We're doing meal planning, uh, testing, looking into gut issues, looking into mold mycotoxins, heavy metal issues, tick-borne infections. Yeah, we're inflammatory uh, disorders, neurological conditions, and, and we're holding your hand through the process. Um, and having these doctors on board has made it easier for me because now my clients can get these infusions and getting get these tests done that sometimes doctors are not as open to and are kind of like, why do you have to get a SERS biomarkers test done, um, is mm-hmm. that really necessary? And it's like, yeah, it really is necessary. That doesn't sell any Oxycontin. <laughs> uh, um, all right. So Lyme nutrition, I'm curious. I mean, there's like, there's people, I know people with autoimmune conditions, or at least I don't know them that well, but I know they're on, you know, they're on social media and mm-hmm. that, that are doing like carnivore. And, and, and getting some good results that has run contrary to anything I have felt was healthy with, uh, Lyme disease over the years. Mm-hmm. Like I gravitate much more to like what I talked about in my book, the biohackers guide to upgrade energy and focus, which is like, you know, plant-based juicing tons of antioxidants from, from plants to like mitigate some of the reactive oxygen species and free radicals like pro you shouldn't be craving protein, but you also don't want to eat too much for sure. And, and, uh, overburden the digestive system and produce inflammation. And there's probably leaky gut and, you know, an, an autoimmune response that is, is triggered by too much protein. Anyhow, um, I haven't been able to wrap my head around like the sustainability of carnivore um, from a spiritual, even a physical, like it, all of it. And I, I do eat, eat animals, you know, and, and, and fish and things like that. But that is, is what do you do with clients? And where, so, what are your thoughts on carnivore for people is, with chronic illness? <laughs> very, very case by case. Everyone yeah. is super individualized. Um, so I, I, I think it's really hard because so many people come in and they have reactions to everything. Yeah. And then they're scared to eat a lot of stuff, but you you need the substance to support your system. Yeah. So I really try to focus on like, instead of taking out things to eat, let's really focus on what you can eat and yeah. then prepare your gut and then introduce more things to your diet. So I focus on anti-inflammatory foods. Um, and then balance. I like to bring in a lot of good fats to help repair cell membrane damage mm-hmm. and your mitochondria. Um, but every everyone is different depending on their sensitivity. More of like a paleo type of diet mm-hmm. is is kind of what I try to focus on if my clients like autoimmune paleo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, sometimes sometimes I will focus on like more of a histamine diet and a histamine mm. diet. If, yeah if they're dealing with those, um, reactions. Do you think, has it, have you considered that there, do you believe that there's a connection between parasites in the gut and histamine intolerance? Yeah. Um, 100%. I think the more pathogens you have, the less 
the more susceptible you are going to be to antihistamines. Uh, I think that if you have a pathogenic infection and then you're exposed to different toxins, that's going to create mast cell activation syndrome, which is going to give you more of a histamine reaction and then going to be um, make you more reactive to histamine foods. For sure. For sure. Okay, cool. Um, the top three extreme whole body hyperthermia centers specifically, you know, this is for people with Lyme disease or cancer, right? And possibly Alzheimer's in the future, but the, the research isn't, isn't there yet. Yeah. Okay. So, um, there's pros to all of them. What I like about St. George hospital is they've been doing it the longest. Dr. Dowies is the pioneer of hyperthermia treatment He's for, yeah, for people with Lyme disease and for people with cancer. Uh, I feel like they are really getting people to super high temperatures. Your head is in the machine. They're mm -hmm. doing it for the longest period of time. They're really aggressive. When people mm -hmm. come out of hyperthermia treatment, they're like, whoa, um, like when I go there for, for work, they're like very it. aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're, they're killing a lot of pathogens. They're really doing it right. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, Dr. Dow said out of, out of 25,000 cancer patients, which are sometimes quite fragile, mm -hmm. he said he's had no one die. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sounds a lot scarier than it is, but I've sent yeah. hundreds of people over there and yeah, I have not had anything serious happen during hyperthermia treatment. Yeah, like you get you can get banged up, but that's like one step back for two steps forward and you kind of expect exactly. it. Exactly. It's everything is risk benefit and the the benefit to hyperthermia treatment, I feel like greatly outweighs the risk. Sure. Uh, so so what I like about St. George is they've been doing it the longest. I feel like they are the most aggressive and they have a very thorough detoxification uh, treatment. I like that they're doing plasmapheresis there, which really really gets you on a better start before you come home and do more detoxing. They did not have plasma phoresis when I went over oh, really? there, but I would yeah. have done it if they did. Yeah. Um, Dr. Herzog's hospital is another hospital in, in Germany. Germany they, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Th so they will treat children, which is great. Uh, wow. which some of the other hospitals won't treat children that are younger with hyperthermia treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Herzog is more for treating people with cancer. He's an oncologist, but he has opened it up to the Lyme community. So that's an option, especially for children. Has he done it with any children with autism? Um, he has done it with children that, uh, that have Lyme disease and on, are on the spectrum, yeah. Mm. Did yeah. there, do you know, do you have any idea if their uh, autism symptoms improved? They did. Yes, they did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I have a friend who is also thinking about bringing their, their child there as well for, for that reason. Uh, so, so those two hospitals are great in Germany. San Aviv is in Rosarita, Mexico. Yeah. I saw they, that one. Yeah, they're amazing. When I go there for work, I don't want to leave. It is like a resort over there, but also their medical staff and their equipment is top notch. It is like a one stop shop. Uh, and they also as, have it's hot, right? They actually do get as hot, but your head is outside of the machine. Ah, that was it. That was it. Yeah, it was okay. And yeah. Have you have you gotten feedback from clients about there going there? Yeah, a lot of clients have gone there and they have they have really good results and their experience is really great. Um, so both are good options. It's nice that that's a little bit closer. 
they haven't been doing it as long as St. George. And, and uh, yeah, they're, the way they do hyperthermia is a bit different than St. George. Mm-hmm. But all in all, their program is similar. There, there's another hospital in the U.S., BTT Corp. They do extreme whole body hyperthermia treatment. Mm. They actually have patented a device that measures your brain temperature. So what mm. I really like about this company is their technology. And, uh, and so that's another option for people that don't want to leave the States. The other hospital that I work with is La Luz Wellness Center in Mexico. Mm. They don't focus so much on hyperthermia treatment. They really work on the terrain. Uh, Dr. Mm. Marson is the physician over at that hospital. She is... Um, she's probably the, one of the most intuitive healers I have ever come in contact with. Patricia Kane is the founder of that, of this clinic. And mm. yeah, they excel at killing pathogens and detoxing and repairing the system. My clients that are too sensitive to hyperthermia treatment, uh, that's a great option for them or for people that need additional support after hyperthermia treatment. That's Lelouz is um, amazing for that. That sounds great. It'd be, it, it could be like a, uh, a Lyme adventure where you go to St. George and then you go to La Luz and just decompress afterwards. Exactly. Get yeah. taken care very, of. Very healing environments. What, what's the breakdown would you say with your clients between cancer and Lyme and uh, we'll call mold Lyme. We'll put that in the same category. So it's cancer and then like the mold Lyme stuff. Yeah, 70% of my clients are tick-borne, mold-related. 30% uh, are dealing with cancer. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, a lot, not a lot, but a percentage of people with cancer also have Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge correlation with Bartonella and breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit scary as well. I mean, this. I, I feel like hyperthermia is not only like going... It, it could be a, a treatment of the future, but I also believe it's, it has anti-aging properties. Like people will probably do it every five or 10 years. Like some of these Silicon Valley guys that are like willing to do anything to live forever. Like they'll yeah. for sure go cook themselves, uh, you know, every, every couple of years to kill pathogens. At least that's what I would be doing if, if, if I was as narcissistic and wanted cared <laughs> about the same things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And, um, People that want to potentially work with you and learn more about what you do and um, best place for them to do it. Yeah. So um, Lyme Cancer Services is is my company and it's LymeCancerServices.com to uh, basically find out more information on hyperthermia treatment and scheduling. If you need additional support with pre and post or just Lyme disease, tick-borne infections, environmental toxins in general, that is through my company, Balancing Pathways, balancingpathways.com, um, which now we have we transitioned that to Lifespan Medicine, lifespanmedicine.com. And we work with people all over the world. I have an Instagram page, uh, Lyme Cancer Services. So I'm constantly uh, putting out information to the Lyme community about tick-borne infections, treatment, building biology, tips and tricks, mold mycotoxins, how to get treatment, how to test your home. And, and then I do a lot of webinars, Instagram lives, stuff like that. And then we have a Lyme and Cancer Services Facebook group. So we're trying to support um, people as much as we can and also create uh, awareness along the way. Sweet. 
Well, thank you, Michelle. This has been a pleasure. And again, I appreciate you kind of guiding me uh, early in this process. And guys, if you enjoyed this interview, um, head over to LymeAndCancerServices.com or LifespanMedicine.com. Yep, you got it. All right. Thank you so much, Michelle. This has thank been you so much for having me. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like living life with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that are holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this now with thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebs, and entrepreneurs is that there is always room for improvement and optimization. So if you're looking for help with this stuff and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with me one-on-one, this program is usually full year-round with a waiting list, but we just had a few spots open up and I wanted to make this available to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So what you want to do if you want to apply is head over to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Fill out the short application form. And if you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I look forward to potentially going on this journey together.